It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. Is it you? Did you cut that or no? Uh, no, actually, uh, that's Eric Elliott in my, uh, 15 years at 105.9 The Rock doing afternoons. Eric uh, was a producer of sorts and is just one of the most talented guys I know that you don't really know because you don't hear him much on the radio, but you hear him on the radio all the time. And so when we got this going, I called him up and he banged that out real quick. The, the just going to be fun. like the best part of the show. It's just one of those guys that's in your life that you know for forever and you're friends with and He's just a terrific guy. Eric, I love you. Good. Yeah, you haven't yeah. burned that bridge. So we were going to get some, <laughs> some cool stingers out of it. I like all our other no, broadcasting friends. Yeah, <laughs> we, some are dead and good. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, everybody's got a smile on. We're all tanned, sort of. Uh, I, I you would tan give, a I lot. Would, I would give George Hamilton. You a tan run. a lot. I do. I you, put the you two got a pool between my toes. and The second the yeah. sun is out, you are putting the base down. Yeah, it's good. And the glow. I George do have Hamilton. a skin doctor on retainer. I, I do. Yeah, so Dr. Abby. So. I generally uh, ease into it. I have a pool too, but it doesn't. We go uh, to Michigan and that's where I burn like I did. And then it kind of bronze. So about this time I got it. But it's summertime of uh, everyone's doing something. Sometimes uh, folks put that vacation in early May. Sometimes they're getting in right in before. In, in, in Tennessee, the, the kids are going back to school already. So, um, but... We do have one common thing with our uh, travels is Michigan. Southwestern Michigan, yeah. I love it. You know, so uh, my fa- I've, I'm, I'm 58. I've been up there every year since I've been born. We have a place up there. You have been going to Michigan. Yeah, Holland, Michigan for 30 years. My parents had a place up there. And I'm a little further south in South Haven, Michigan. Yeah. And so here's John and I knowing each other for a decade. And we keep, where are you going? Well, I'm going to Michigan. What? Because no one from Tennessee goes to Michigan uh, for vacation. It's all down to the Florida coast somewhere. And my trek... Um, up I-65 through Louisville. Let's take it through Indiana. And the cornfields are starting to emerge. We're on 465, the loop around Indy. And here we go. My favorite part, Neil Young's Harvest Moon goes in. The top comes down on the 2017 Mustang 5.0. And we go up 31 through Carmel, Kokomo. Carmel. It's I always Car- say it Yeah, wrong. it's Carmel, like, like uh, where our guest sort of grew up. By the way, we have a dynamite guest. But yeah, so yeah, we, we kind of, Joe and I have a thing when we drive up 31. Oh, it's the best. And what is that? It's just, uh, and then the smell of cow shit banging through the the the, the air. <laughs> the round barns. I love it. And everything's mowed precisely. And it's then perfect. We, get, we get north of Peru. Yeah. The Circus City, by the way. Yes. They have a big circus there every year. And uh, past Grissom Air Force Base. Yep. And then uh, we get to the Mexico sign. Uh, a red and white Mexico sign, half mile in, and we stop and take a picture. That's kind of our thing. Mexico, you know? Indiana. Mexico, Indiana. Did not know. And by the way, I did drive down there one time. Eh, not much to nothing. it. Nothing. Two buildings? Not, 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 not Three? It. Not, not, not to it. <laughs> but I, I, just that drive up there, it's that mine uh, clearing aspect. And when we just came back, uh, they had a wreck on 31. So we detoured deep into the cornfields where the road can barely hold one car and the corn is... Uh, you know, knee high by the 4th of July, but in late July, it's way over your head. It's just the best part of life to me to experience that. Did you see Amish uh, wagons? I, I, I know they're there yeah. because they, they sell them on 31, tons of them, so I know they exist. But uh, I think everybody has that part in life where they like that drive, where the windows are down, the radio's on, and maybe it's Seals and Croft summer breeze coming through the speakers. Camp for me when I get through Indiana. No, if, it's, it's it's just it's so therapeutic. I would agree with you. Everybody's and you, you got have that, that common. We didn't know that for, for 50, years. For fifty years. And to to finish that story, John's dad. Uh, goes to breakfast. I guess older guys do that. My dad's 85 now, still doing great, plays golf a couple times a week. He goes to breakfast almost every morning. So John's dad's coming down from the Holland area into South Haven into this place called Cousins. My father's going to the exact same place. They don't know each other. There's no doubt they sat together many times. Many almost. times, <laughs> many times. And 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 just, just to put a bow on this story, your father has a breakfast named after him. Yes, he does. 
uh, it was a place called the Never Miss. He got it. You can order the Joe King off the menu, which is one egg, a bacon, and one piece of toast. Because when you eat breakfast every morning, you know you'll die if you eat all that stuff every day. So uh, good for my father for cutting back. But I just think it's one of those uh, times where everybody can reflect and it's that special thing that probably no one knows about you that you just enjoy doing. And I think our, our special guest uh, for the next hour, I'm very, very excited because uh, – Hard to pin down, uh, and and he said yes, and I'm so so thankful. Uh, there's a Michigan theme there. Uh, growing up in South Bend, I don't wear anything that says Michigan. I just I'll break yeah. out in hives, but I do have a Michigan Panthers T-shirt <laughs> and and a hat, and so I have donned that several several times. So without further ado, hey, we know people. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. This is big because you guys have so much history together. And I feel like I have history with you all because I've watched you all together do your history together. Yeah. Our special guest today on uh, Second Cup of Joe and John, Jeff Fisher. Jeff, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. How are you, brother? I'm really excited to be part of this. This is impressive. You know, and I, the visual, the cornfield visual and the driving was was really cool. I, it, it, you know, while you guys were yakking there for 15 minutes after the division, <laughs> just as you said, knee high 4th of July, just talk the cornfields and they go on forever. It's just really a, a cool part. And for me, it's become a quite a memorable uh, part of my life living in the Midwest. So uh, coach, it's not a mystery that you, you love Montana. Uh, I was just in Missoula not too long ago uh, what's that retreat like for you? Where is it? Uh, you have to have that staple in your life where you're, you're especially with you so high visible and, uh, and in the season, once it takes over, what's it like for you to retreat and what do you look forward to doing, uh, when you get there where you can just detach? Montana's a great state. It's uh, like anything else. I mean, Bozeman and, and Nashville go figure. I've been told are the two fastest growing cities in the country. And, um, so, um, a lot of people are kind of moving away, kind of working their way outside of Bozeman, as they are obviously here in Nashville. But been been lucky and been blessed to be able to spend so much time in two really pretty cool places. I did not expect uh, when you accepted the invitation for the link. Uh, I didn't know if you'd be in Nashville or you're right down in Mexico, deep sea fishing, or up in up in your cabin in in Montana. When you uh, when you got After, that 95, 96, did you? Uh, the Mexico thing, in case there's, you know, avid fishermen, it's not deep sea. I'm sorry. It's the other, it's the complete opposite. You're, it's wade fishing, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep water. So it's flat fishing. So big difference in my mind. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, that's, you can tell I'm, I'm the B, uh, you know, I, I would not give Marlon Perkins a run for his money because I, I, you know me, I wouldn't know a, I didn't, I wouldn't know which end of a fishing pole is the right one. So that's where you're going to help me out. Right. Most people, the fish call them rods. Not right. Poles. Okay. Poles. <laughs> With a string, John, just a string for John. (laughs) (laughs) Fishing 101. Jeff Fisher, I'm sure he's going, this is going to be a mistake. This is, we cannot rewind this. When you got the um, uh, Montana 95, did you, I mean, was there sniffing that, that the Oilers were on the move? I mean, going from Houston to, you know, Montana is one thing. Nashville may, may be another, but I mean, did you, when did you know when, when, you know, things were up? First full year of training camp 95 is when, you know, they broke the news that uh, there's a potential for the Oilers relocating. I'll never forget when they told me, nor that will I forget that team meeting I had a couple hours later when I told them about it. But, um, you know, that started it. That started everything. But no, at, the, at that time, you know, we were we were firmly, as we thought, planted in Houston, um, trying to trying to write that ship that had gotten way off course when I took it over. And coach uh, review, we've never met. Uh, I did afternoons on 103 KDF, Joe Elvis, our our rock station. And uh, that era was the NFL yes campaign. And the city had for folks, you know, so many new people are in Nashville. Now they don't even know how that stadium got there. There was no stadium. And the rumor was you all were coming. And uh, I interviewed Floyd Reese, Bud Adams, 
anybody. We became the uh, the the Titans Network, which now has switched to 104. It was 103 KDF and 104.5. It wasn't even a sports talk station then. And uh, the players would come to town and do the city had to vote to get the stadium there. And then fast forward, you all played in Memphis first. And my wife worked for Northwest Airlines. So we would bomb down there early in the morning, have drinks on the plane, watch the game with the scattered folks. Then you all ended up at Vanderbilt Stadium. Talk about that time period of chaos and how you kept the team together and just where your head was. I remember looking in Bruce Matthews' eyes, because I was scanning the room, talking to the team, and I was telling them in that moment that there was going to be a release uh, later on this evening, and they're going to be talking about relocating the Houston Oilers to Nashville, Tennessee. And I remember looking in his eyes, and it was like it had that look as if he just lost an overtime game or something like that. Yeah. And that's how, yeah. that's how they, I mean, that's how they took it. I mean, Bruce was, had settled in Houston. His kids were in Houston. The family was there, everybody. And it just really caught him off guard. So that thing continued through the 95 season and through the 96 season. It was just as you say. I mean, 95, 96, we were lame duck in Houston. We were kids in the middle of a divorce, and it, and it was just daily. You had to tell, remind the players, look, if you say, hey, I want to get out of Houston, I can't wait to get to Nashville, this sucks, then no one here in Houston is going to support us. And if you do the other, you say, hey, man, I love Houston and don't don't have interest in going and whatever happens, happens. You know, as you said, we got a referendum going on in NFL. Yes, and this thing needs to get voted in. So let's just play ball, be quiet, so on and so forth. So, I mean, I could write volumes and books about what happened over the next couple of years. But in, in June, at the end of a, a kind of a mini camp that we had there in Houston, I got the phone call that, hey, we're moving. And so I call a team meeting. It's the second to last day of your off-season program or your OTAs or whatever we had back then. And I remember telling the guys that it's official, we're going. And the expression on their face was the complete opposite of two years ago. It was like we just won a game in overtime. They were really excited about it. And that's when the, you know, that's when the challenges really started. Now, not to minimize the fact that we were a lame duck for 95, 96 seasons in Houston, but why that was all going on, we were, we had started putting together a pretty good team and we had a plan. So, um, you know, just as, as you, as you say, uh, 90, 97, 98, yeah, 97 Memphis, what an easy deal. Again, remember telling the team, hey, guys, guess what we're playing in Memphis? <laughs> so really, well, Living in Nashville, but getting on the plane 20 straight Saturdays, whether going oh, yeah. to Memphis or on a road game. Every game was a road game. Hey, Julie and the kids, they would drive down to the game and drive back in the traffic from Memphis to, you know, to Nashville. I would be home with dinner waiting for them before they got back <laughs> we had to fly back and so you know it was just one thing after another but you know that 97 season was a was a really it was a pivotal season for us because um, of the different players and the development of the different players and kind of putting the team together and then 98 we just kind of banged things out at Vanderbilt which 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 was not would not easy um, but um, especially when you lose uh, to Jacksonville Jaguars or the Chicago Bears on a on the last play of the game, but um, we um, suddenly '99 came on the uh, on the scene, so it was pretty cool. But um, it, you guys bring back such great memories for me. Hey, we're we're gonna get uh, down some some memory land uh, memory lane of of the Super Bowl season, but first uh, let's do this. Common sense would tell you not to look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. And we're going to start with Jeff uh, life lessons. Uh, let's just fast forward real quick to where you spent the spring with the Michigan Panthers as the head coach and uh, general manager of the USFL Michigan Panthers, everything uh, housed in Birmingham, all the games in Birmingham and so forth. Um, 
and we can keep this really short if you want, <laughs> but, but tell me, give me, give me a sense of what that experience was like and, and, uh, the, the good, the bad, the ugly. I really, um, looking back, having a, you know, six or eight weeks now, um, to think about it. And, you know, I, it was really a lot of fun, uh, for me. They, they reached out, um, I was contacted probably, you know, 18 months ago about it and things changed over, you know, over a year as to how they're going to put it together and da, 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 da. But once we got down there and got, and got settled, uh, somewhat settled, um, it was really fun. Looking back, I really enjoyed, uh, the players. I enjoyed, uh, the coaches. Um, it was, it was really different. And, and I have to be honest, I learned a lot. Um, well, someone could say, well, how can, what do you mean learn a lot? Well, there's all different levels of football and they're all different. And you, it's, it's going from one, you know, one entity to the next or different levels from one to the other. It's a lot easier said than done. Um, it's different. Um, and it's different for a lot of, a lot of reasons, <clears throat> particularly starting with the reason why I got into it. And that was just, I wanted to help the league. I wanted to help the people involved, the people that were bringing back the USFL, whether that's Eric Shanks at Fox um, or, you know, and then, you know, Daryl Johnson and Brian Woods and everybody associated with it. Uh, it was really, uh, it, it was a neat experience for me. Um, I had all the, all the experience that, that I needed uh, from a scheduling and, you know, football, all that stuff. Uh, but um, I didn't think going in to it that, I literally would be um, emptying Gatorade bottles and filling them up before and after practice and pushing a water cart around practice. Um, and, and I want to say it was humbling, but I loved every minute of, of the, the unique differences between where I was for 22 years and where I was just this spring. Uh, there were challenges every day. Um, yeah, and there were, I mean, I could write books on it and you can't imagine some of the stories, but uh, I didn't know where I was practicing half the time the night before um, I, I was scheduling practice, um, you know, meetings, trying to find meeting space, trying to figure out who's healthy, who's not, what the rosters look like, you know, in the communication. It was just, a, it was a startup. But, um, you know, when the, dust clears it really really was a, a a fun experience for me particularly because of the players and um, the uniqueness of these guys and their individual stories uh, and what so many of them have been through two weeks into it and I had one of the one of the players he said so um you what what, what who were the running backs that, that you had when you were oh. like Head coach, <laughs> go. Oh my goodness! Which players? I mean, I well, I actually yeah. started um, first one. Uh, the sec, my second year, I drafted somebody by the name of Eddie George, and I said, but before that, I was around some pretty good ones. Uh, I actually played with Walter Payton. You ever heard of him? No. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. Uh, it was um, it was unique. It was com it was competitive. Um, I don't. I don't need to go into the details of you know, what happened and why, but um, you know, the good players win games and those guys, those if you have, whoever has the best players usually going to win the most games. And that's what happened. So we didn't necessarily have the best players, but you know, we did it early on, but we had a lot of injuries and a lot of things that went on, but um, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Um, initially they told me that they were going to put a team in Nashville and they're going to let me coach them. That was kind of the hook, and then things changed, and I ended up with the Michigan Panthers, and I have no regret. There's there's some tradition there, by the way. Oh yeah, John. Oh, and yeah. you know, um, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk about them uh, during the year, but the old USFL, and so I'll, I'll respect them, their wishes. But there was some um, cool things that went on uh, in that organization. Jim Stanley was the head coach, and and I had actually overlapped with Jim. Uh, a year, um, I think it was in Houston um, or someplace. But good ball coach passed away shortly after he won the last championship there. But um, you know, the spring football is here; it's here to stay. It's competitive. The USFL—they're going to compete. You know, go toe to toe with the XFL. Year two uh, is um, 
is well underway already. I mean, they have big plans. Um, uh, you know, they they haven't really shared it with us, but I know they've been they've been grinding uh, since the season ended, uh, since Birmingham won the championship, and um, they're gonna. You know, their expectations and large rosters. You know, pay everybody better. Uh, potentially, and this is all potentially, uh, go to uh, a kind of a dual city. Thing where there's they've got dual hubs where you got four teams in Birmingham probably the the South Division and then you'll have four teams somewhere in in the Michigan area uh, next year so uh, they'll start doing some travel back and forth but anytime you have an entity like Fox Sports um, who's the, the the primary owner um, they're going to do things right they're going to have done their their due diligence and their research on all these startup leagues that have come come and gone and not been successful, the Alliance and you know all those others um, to name to name one or two, and uh, I think they got a good plan. So we'll just kind of see how this unfolds. Are so, you going to are you going to continue to coach? You going to come back and and is the first question and B uh, to kind of expand on your point of. Uh, it, these guys are different now. You know, you came up through the Buddy Ryans, the George Seiferts, the John Robinsons, all the great expectations and experience of those folks and the way that you did things in that generation to this generation is different. Uh, we all are of the age where a lot of these young kids don't even know our past. So you've become a teacher again. You've become a mentor. You've become a leader uh, that you kind of have already graduated from. Uh, being a senior coach, but now you're back down to the level of being a teacher and a motivator and, and giving these guys the basic skills of how to make their career continue. Yeah. I mean, the, the fun to answer your question, I'm, my, I'm, I'm intending on doing it again. Okay. Uh, I, um, I've got coaches that are counting on it. We've got a nucleus of a roster. Um, I'm just waiting to hear back from them to see where, where, you know, where this thing's going and how it's all going to be put together. Now, next time around, when I go back for year two, I'm going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to win the, whatever the championship, whatever they call it, but I'm not going to do it. Um, second time around, things are going to be different. We'll have different, we will have opportunities to put our own roster together with their own coaches and, 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 you know, I'll, I'll take the, a different approach. I mean, I just, that your hands, my hands were tied and everybody's hands were tied uh, when we started off, but this um, in year two, my understanding is no, this is going to be competitive and you're going to be on your own and here, here's the parameters, uh, put your team together and good luck. So, you know, once the once the rules are, once I can see the manual and, and the <laughs> rules are, they don't change every day, or I don't, you know, I signed a kicker. I thought I had signed a kicker. This is I, a great story. This kicking. is a uh, had some had some kicking problems to say the least. Because yeah. the small roster, you did you you couldn't you didn't didn't have the luxury of having a long snapper, a punter who's your holder probably and your, and a kicker. You only could get two of the three. So most, most people, I say most half the half the group, they got a combo uh, punter and kicker. Well, I got a guy that was a combination kicker punter, but um, somehow when I got him, he, he was a combination punter kicker. So he punted <laughs> first kick second. So needless to say, we get into week two or three or four and, and, three, maybe it was week four. And we hadn't made an extra point or a field. It just couldn't, for some reason, he couldn't get the ball between the two yellow poles. Yeah, that's key. <laughs> and, and so I, uh, <laughs> I decided, we decided because we had some issues with COVID and things like that. We had a roster spot. I decided, and they told me that I could, you know, bring a kicker in. So found the best guy out there, brought him in. He actually, he red-eyed from Southern California to Atlanta, Ubered to Birmingham, showed up for the Friday night walkthrough, the Thursday night walkthrough before the Friday game. I think I had every short week Friday game, but um, <laughs> he, he, he's kicking. I mean, it's like, whoa, this is so cool. This is the day before the game. And I'm standing there watching the ball come off of his foot. And it's just, it, 
the trajectory and the, just the violence and the, and the sound and the impact was like, this is a real kicker. This is really cool. I got a real kicker. And the ball was just, it was just climbing. And so anyway, I'm all fired up and uh, he's going to kick during the game. Uh, no, he's not. Um, that's what I'm told about <laughs> So anyway, I'd tell him to undress, go take a shower, you get to watch. We'll be my kicker next week, but I'm going to go with my punter kicker. Punter kicker, yeah. So I'm playing, I'm playing, uh, let's see, it was Philadelphia, it was Bart, it was Bart Andrus, who was a, we were, we played Pop Warner football together, great story. We, he was my quarterback, we've known each other forever, he actually he was on my staff. The, the Reseda Rams, by the way, you were a two-way starter, and you won the championship in 72. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, boy, this is going to go on forever here. <laughs> Check it out. I got we, it once I, it took me about three weeks to realize that when it comes down to the end of the game, these guys are going to figure out a way to have something bad happen. And not because not on purpose, but it's just the what's happened to me every week. It's just like the worst possible thing that could you could ever imagine happen at the end of it, or in this critical moment's going to happen. So I don't want to kick a, 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 an extra point. I'm going to go for two. I, you know, there's no freaking way I'm going to have a kick, kick a field goal in this game. But I get down to the point where I have run the clock down to three seconds. I've used my last timeout. It's third down. There's three seconds left in the game. The ball is on the two yard line. That means there's six feet between that where the ball is and the goal line. And then another 10 yards is where the goal posts are. It's pretty freaking close. The ball's in the middle. And I'm going to kick a walk-off field goal to win. And what happens, John? You saw I don't know if that, you were there in person. I did not make it to that, to that game, but it, it didn't go through the two yellow poles. I know that. It hits the upright. I mean, how do you – it hit the upright? It hit the left upright. And that's the worst – in that moment where Uh, it's like it's a walk-off yeah kids are all they we've they've only won one game we're one in four you know and it's just like they busted their ass to get to this point and the ball hits the freaking upright so anyway, uh, well, I'm glad you got. I'm glad. I'm glad it's in the past. It doesn't bother you anymore. I'm glad you're able to, to get over it because it, it feels like you know, it's, it's, you know, he de- he described it like it happened yesterday. He's still still a little a little bitter. I will tell you, Jeff, at, at my uh, at my Notre Dame football fantasy football camp, um, our team hit three PATs. I was the holder, and we went three for three. So, if you have just a holder on the roster, which I suspect you don't. But if you did, I have some eligibility left. That's good. I, mean, yeah. I'm, I duly noted. I'll take that into consideration. I mean, I know I could go down to the to the park over here <laughs> at four o'clock. Little kids run around with flags on their belts and get one that's probably five or six years old. I know he'd get it over that bar right. in between the uprights. <laughs> right. So it's one of those things. That, that happened but um yeah no i'm uh, i'm fully aware of what you accomplished while i was busy john um, <laughs> I, I appreciate so. that i appreciate that hey jeff we're going to move on to this segment rapid 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 all right, Jeff, I know when i hosted your coach's show for 13 years you would say john you can ask whatever you want there's nothing off limits, but the rule was to let you know what it would be in the commercial break, so you could kind of ponder a little bit. And, so you're breaking uh, the rule. So I'm breaking the rule right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we we've moved on. Uh, so these are rapid fire questions. Don't overthink it. Uh, and they're just get allowing people to get to know our guests. 
I mean, you, people know you so well, and they know the stories and so forth. Um, and we're going to get to some that I know that that people, I promise, have never heard. But uh, Joe, you got the first rapid fire question. All right, Coach Fisher, uh, somewhere are you a? Uh, are you still listening to the CDs, or are you a, a an Apple downloader now? What What are you listening to? Awesome. Hey, Joe, check us out. We've moved, right? So, we I found my cassette tape. There you go. And albums, yeah. box albums, and CDs and stuff. And and I actually took I, I took pictures of my of that busted up leather cassette case that had. Oh man! Oh, wow. the, mem- the memories Van of Halen. the mixtapes that you Bad had. Company. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Start, yeah, um, America to. Jethro Tull, so you name it, I had it. Uh, Jeff, your biggest pet peeve? Um, it's it's probably somebody cutting me off or driving fast or lane, just unsafe drivers around. Yeah, it's uh, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you in such a hurry? Why did you do that? You really gained by just you know squeezing in in front of me and putting the brakes on. Yeah, that's 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 a common one. That's a common thread for our Nashville guests. Uh, Jeff, if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self some advice, what would it be? I would say probably slow down a little bit and and um, enjoy the moment and don't be as intimidated as you appear when you walked on the campus at USC for the first <laughs> So I was scared to death, so... I was a little. I was a little dude running around a bunch of big guys, and, and it was like, "Whoa, what am I doing here?" Um, well, you look but, at your you look at your defensive backfield that you played with. I mean, Ronnie Lott and Dennis Smith, Joey Browner. I mean, that's not you know that's not uh, that's not uh, chopped liver right there. And I, I I got used to it, but my first that first year was was rough. Uh, I was a receiver. I was hurt, and you know, kind of. Nobody really talked. The only person that talked to me, remember Ricky Bell? Oh, yeah. Number 42 played for the uh, Bucks. RIP. Yeah. Yeah. He was the coolest guy. He, he kind of, he kind of took me under his arm, his wing. He's really a cool guy. Um, you know, and kind of helped me through that. I mean, when you're 18 and you're a college freshman and you're in, in competing at that level with those players, Everybody needs a little bit of help and advice, and he gave it to me. That's nice so. to know. All right. How about um, – I don't know if you read books or maybe you do audio books. You got anything that you've uh, t- taken in? I, look, you've, you've, you're a road warrior between Birmingham and Nashville and driving to Montana, and you've done that uh, – I mean, you've driven to get puppies for friends. I mean, the stuff you, you do for other people, you don't talk about it, but but it's amazing. But uh, – I got to believe you've got a book or two that you've uh, you've read, you know, maybe recently. You you want to recommend? Um, well, I haven't read books. Um, I'm dealing with some vision issues, so I haven't done a lot of reading over the last few years. So, um, I'm I'm more of a more of a kind of a talk radio like podcast stuff like yours, and and uh, so I can't I can't help you. I can't go. The, I can't answer that with the book. Been so long since I've sat down and opened a book. Um, Give me a podcast then. Um, well, those a bunch of them that I've been on that were a lot more fun than this one. <laughs> Ouch! You know, it's kind of, yeah, you, you, you know, you know our mic's hot. He, does he know he, nah, we can I hear know, that? He does. That's all right. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I deserve that. What's your morning routine like? As is, is that your workout time? Is your, your quiet time? What do you get done? Well, the first. Um, the first couple minutes uh, depends on where I sleep. If I'm on the couch or the floor or the bed, Julie's laughing at me. But the first, um, the first couple minutes is systems check. You know, okay, like we do when we get to our age. What I do yesterday, did I hurt something? You know, kind of thing. Kind of get loosened a little bit, um, have a little espresso, and then get going. I mean, I, um, I'm really, I was been. We've been doing a lot of physically taxing things over the last couple of years um whether it's hunting or fishing not that that's physically taxing but like you can make it that way but uh i'm just really lucky to feel good right now physically 
and so many of my uh the guys i played with stuff like that are not and um you know that kind of that saddens me and i'm encouraging them i had a conversation with a, a buddy yesterday that's struggling with the, with back surgery and things like that and um it's it to me it's just start the day off right make sure that things are working that i'm that there's flexibility there's stretch a little bit of strength on, and and i'm not you know going to go out and hurt something so uh it's wake up every day and you know right now i mean with, you know with with a little plan but uh, count your blessings i mean i i ran into people that were twice my size for probably 12 years maybe 15 years and hit them with my um and uh, most of the guys that I played with that did the same thing are not feeling very good right now. So top another topic for uh, another day. All right, final question. Um, last meal. What would be your last meal? Uh, heritage and, you know, lamb and, you know, just all that stuff. I really like that. I'll take it. Combo, maybe. Combo. Joe and John have come to the Fork in the Road. So, Jeff, part of this podcast is trying to be a day brightener to be motivational, inspirational, maybe even funny at times. Um, certainly not a drag. And I know that this has been you know, really the longest 45 minutes of your life here, um, other than that mis missed extra point off the off the goalpost. But, uh, I love talking about forks in the road and, and it can be uh, later in life. It can be early, but we all have them where if something happened or didn't happen, uh, it led us down a path that that where we are now. So um, I have one about you that I, I think is is I, I'll be interested to see if you pick that particular fork in the road. Um, do you have one where you you just look at one decision you made or didn't make and, and it took you on a on a path you didn't expect? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was the big one. It was a big decision. It was the one that, that the decision to get into coach. Exactly. So um, Julie and I are living in Chicago. The 85 Bears season is over. She's modeling, uh, uh, doing stuff in Chicago. We had a house. We had a couple golden retrievers already. Uh, hadn't gotten married yet, but we're together. And um, I had started a business in Chicago, uh, you know, obviously you're this season lasts for however long and then you have an off season. And back then there was a long off season. I mean, you didn't, there wasn't any off season programs and things like that. And so I started, I started getting involved in some business stuff and had gone to work for a, a startup company, um, uh, out of Southern California. And I was kind of repping them. Um, I was their only sales guy in the in the Midwest, and that's when you guys started the show. I mean, I drove all over the place. I was in Michigan. I was in Indiana. I was Ohio. I was selling a software uh, system um, right when when it was uh, it was a cool time in that it was computers where they were mainframes. They were giant. They were computer rooms. They were bigger than those old Xerox machines. And they it was kind of the advent of the micro computer, the minis that come, the micro. And we had written this, I, we, I said, I was selling a, a system, uh, inventory control and um, uh, preventive maintenance and tooling for petrochemical utility farming companies, John Deere, I met with them. But anyway, I was set. What I was going to play another year or two because I had a couple years left on my contract. And um, Buddy offered me uh, an opportunity to coach. Now, this is 85 Bears. This is um, in New Orleans prior to the game against the Patriots. Uh, early in the week, the, in the final week of practice, the first week we went down to the University of, uh, we went down to Champaign and practiced at the University of Illinois. And then we went to New Orleans that the week before the game. I'm standing back behind the with Buddy. And I always stood back there with him while he was calling defenses and and uh, just just bullshitting with him. And he said, um, he goes, um, but you and uh, you and your fiance gonna gonna get married? I go, yeah. He says, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do after? I go, I don't know, man. I'm just gonna keep playing, buddy. He goes, you can't play. Ouch. Or <laughs> Goes, he goes, it was kind of funny the way he put it. He goes, I think I'm going to get the Philadelphia Eagle job. 
And he goes, I, I, I want you to come put the defense in for me. This is before the, before the game. This is kind of Tuesday before the, the Super Bowl. And so each for the next couple of days, we can, we kind of talked about it a little bit during practice. And so he had said to me that he needed to know a week after the game. And so, you know, I told him it, my decisions were one, you know, play as long as you can Two, you already, I made more money selling software than I did that year playing. And that's what the Super Bowl check. So I had that opportunity. We, we were pretty much settled there and, and going to, you know, at least as settled as you can be, you know, considering how young we were. And um, so when the week went by after the game, uh, I called Buddy back and I told him that uh, I couldn't take it. I felt sick to my stomach. I didn't want to make the call, but I made the call and I felt sick to my stomach to tell him that I couldn't, I, I couldn't take the coaching opportunity because I, I, I wanted to play and um, I had set things up to where, you know, I thought I could start a business and keep the business going. I hung, literally hung the phone up uh, with him and told him I, I couldn't take it. He goes, okay, my friend, he goes, I think you would have been a, a pretty good coach. So good luck to you. And we hung up and I looked at Julie and I, I remember that moment. I go, she goes, call him back. So I called him back. I said, did you get my job away yet? He goes, nope. I said, I'll see you at the airport in the morning. He goes, okay. That was it. So um, that was that was a cool story, but it was a crossroads. Uh, it was a decision. I didn't know what coaching – I didn't know what coaching was going to be like. I had no I, no clue about the rewards. And you, well, know what player rewards are. I mean, they're winning an individual comp, all those things, but – I just didn't know what it was was going to be like, and um, I found out, you know, pretty soon. It was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, that was kind of that was the crossroad right there. So it was a, you know, it was a great it was a great experience. I never looked back. Who knows what happened had I not? But um, here I am. So. Here you are. What a great decision. What a life changing decision. And I hope you tell all your grandkids that same story too, as to as to what's ahead in their lives. All your heart, trust your gut, and and again, you know, as we all we philosophically we could talk for hours about stuff, but you know, it's just like as we we're all basically kind of sitting here looking through phones and things like that. But the three of us were generally about the same age, and I heard somebody say something last week about the days go by slow but the years go by so fast yeah and really you it it you have to be in our shoes the three of us before you realize how important it is to just enjoy each moment and and take each day each moment and and make the most of it because uh in so doing you can slow things down a little bit and then you have a tendency not to concern yourself with big picture things like, uh, well, you know what? I don't think I can run a four, four, eight, forty anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let alone jog down the street. But there's other things we can do, and and I think we we learn uh, the importance of taking care of ourselves physically and mentally and emotionally. So, but it all starts with those, those decisions that we make early in life. Well said. You got to wear shades. All right, Jeff, we're going to wrap up with this segment and I can't think of uh, anybody uh, more fitting <laughs> for a guy that, that, that uh, coached a lot of games uh, wearing sunglasses and got to be kind of the, uh, there they uh, are. The, the image of, there you go. <laughs> now, now I feel so much better. Yeah, where are those been all all year? That would have been now. Now you 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 could have been wearing those the whole time. That would have been awesome. And because I'm going to put a dip in and do it with glasses on. Okay, <laughs> no, solid. And, uh, this is how I've been. Julie said, "Oh, I wouldn't even recognize you." The hats on backwards, kind of the Terminator shades. You, would, I wouldn't recognize Jeff Fisher right now with the beard. <laughs> oh my God. 
Hey, I went out to, to TSU yesterday practice because they started, and I just slid in there. It was like a a ten oh five stretch, and um, so Brandon was out there, and so he he knew I was coming, but nobody else did. And I was kind of standing there next to the goalpost, and uh, kind of with the sun behind me. And um, Eddie walked by, and I said, "Looks like your knee still hurts." And he kind of he just kind of looked at me and nodded, and then he turned around. <laughs> What? How did you get in here? Yeah. Our security sucks. Uh, I had three or four guys come by and go, Coach? Go, yeah, man. Hey guys. Here we go. It's, I think, uh, coming up next week. Well, preseason's here. The future's looking bright because football's back. We, uh, You know, in my house, we love the hockey and, God, hot, the longest season in the world stretches to June, and then it's baseball. So everyone looks forward to this time of year. Camps are coming back. Colleges are firing up, and the pro season is getting ready to go. Are you? Do you? Uh, are you going to pay? Do you pay attention on Sundays? Is that a big day to watch? Or you? You know, what's that routine like for you? You know what it's been, which is is kind of cool for me, is the last few years uh, on Sunday, I'll swing in the main room at the cabin in Montana and with the TV on and maybe check a score or two and then go back out and go fish or go hunt. But at least to kind of stay connected. I the I'm as far as listening to games or watching games, I listen to Coach McGinnis and Mike Keats on the road up there more than I watch games. Mm-hmm. Uh just uh, on the radio because I'm usually driving around fishing or chasing something around. So, um, but uh, I kind of like the, as we all know, I mean, the fall is uh, the fall. There's nothing like the fall. And, and, and August is that reminder that, um, that it's getting closer and closer. Uh, as soon as we get a, a clear, a, a day with low humidity and a cool day, everybody's going to go nuts. Yep. Because th- those that love the fall, because I don't know. I mean, I fall, August, September to me uh, are are my favorite months because what I did for so long, they're still my favorite months because um, they bring back so many great memories. I remember one of the one of the coolest things I did last last fall was I drove, you know, I drove to to three to all the TSU games. And so, I mean, I went to Canton, I drove into, uh, to, uh, SEMO and, and through, you know, through Kentucky and into Missouri and just driving in and that early fall stuff, there's nothing like it. It's beautiful place. Leaves start to turn, you know, Yeah. you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's the reset of life uh, in a way that you've, you've made it through that punishing summer and uh, it's just, it's a glorious time. I totally agree. Leaves are changing. It's beautiful. Jeff, I feel like we, we, we haven't, uh, I mean, we, I just feel like we just got on the phone with you. And I feel like we, we both have a litany of questions and memories we wanted to go through. So I'm really hoping um, that you forget how poorly this went and you, you join us. You join us again, maybe in, a, in another year. But um, I, I do think that uh, people would love to know you, you have had you have affected so many people in a positive way. I've told people that aside from my father, you have taught me more about uh, dealing with adversity than any other person in my, in my life. And I, I, uh, you, you just, there's so many things about you that people don't know that you don't want people to know. And I respect that, but I do want to touch upon as we leave, uh, the TSU situation. I was with Eddie George about six months before, uh, he took the job and he said, John, I got this strange call. And it was to maybe be the head coach at TSU. And I said, what do you think? He said, no, I said, I don't, I don't think so. Well, and then you got involved. And, and so what did you see in Eddie that Eddie didn't see in Eddie to think that he could do this? I think what happened when Eddie reached out to me, uh, I, I think Eddie had made his mind up from my standpoint that I was going to come in and talk him out of it. Hmm. And, and, and then when, when he kind of laid this stuff in front of me, I let, let him talk. I just, I let him talk. I mean, the wealth management and this and that, and then, and son, you know, and, and everything that was going on and everything he'd done, you know, I know he thought that I was going to say, Eddie, you're crazy. You don't want to do this. 
and and I told him, I said, this is really, this is really cool. And I said, I, I said, I know you'd be great at it. I said, but you need, I said, let's just take some time and let's get together and let's go through it. And so, and then it was in my mind, it was, was really fun because now I got a, I got a categorize. I got to, I, I got to get organized mentally and present it to him, the coaching, everything about coaching. Cause the only thing Eddie knew about football was how to hold it. Okay. <laughs> and so, and I'll argue with him whether there's three pressure points or five, but <laughs> I had him in the, on, I mean, we had tour, we met two or three times a week for three or four hours and he's a he's a visual learner and he's passionate he loves it and so you know whether it's dry erase boards and so we were both kind of in our element and i was like okay so here's a personnel thing and okay here okay here's how it was staffing's about it here's scheduling and this is this and this is how it all comes together and and after about two weeks john you remember it was like he was kind of man this is cool. And, and then we waited another, we started talking about staffing. I think about three weeks into it, he goes, Hey, I'm in. I said, okay, well, let's get your deal done. We'll put a staff together for you and, and I'll help you and get the chief of staff in first here. And here's your coordinators and da da da, and I'll help you build a staff. And so, um, yeah, he, uh, he's in year two. Uh, year two is significantly different than year one. Um, on my observation yesterday, uh, just watching their practice, the first day of training camp, uh, new offensive staff for the most part, uh, returning defense, uh, things are completely different. They're, uh, this is a completely different roster. A lot of the same kids, but developed physically. They're just, they get it. Year two is really, um, you know, it's a different, a, a different world for him. So not that he's comfortable. Um, he's, he's anxious. He's eager. He wants to get started. Who would have thought they're going to open Eastern Washington and then come back to, you know, to Jackson state and then, uh, MTSU. Those are three rough ones to get started on, but, um, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to surprise some people. I, I really uh, believe. I think they've done a good job recruiting. Everybody can, you know, shoot holes in what they've done. But uh, this thing is going to—it's going to take off for them. I—I w- don't be surprised, you know, after after this season that that Eddie gets a a real opportunity. Uh, really, I think he—I think he will. Yeah, there's there's been some discussion already. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he'll get I think he'll get an opportunity. Now, in, in my mind, I, I hope he stays here. But you know, Tennessee State, Tennessee State, the university um, has a ways to go, and uh, they've come a long way. But they still there's progress that needs to be made if they want to compete. Uh, you know, and so um, you know those those you know. There's, we're seeing changes and, and a lot of really good things there. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly pulling for him and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to follow him real close. And, uh, I just love the, love how he has embraced this. It's funny. Um, but last end of January, I got a phone call, uh, and I was asked to go out and coach the NFL, uh, PA, uh, college all-star game out in Pasadena. Yeah, that's and, right. Did. And Eddie came out and uh, Eddie came out to practice. And so keep in mind, you know, I've been watching Eddie practice and trying to t- say, hey, look, this is if you want to do it, do it this way. And I, you know, I'm happy to spend the time with you and show you how to do it. But just was there was too much going on. So he came out to practice and and just said we're standing there and all the periods are going on practice going on he goes so why did you do this and w- w- what was your thought here and i and i realized at that time he he really learned so much but he still has so much to learn so he's he's into it uh, I, I guess long one, but he's into it uh, it's going to be fun to, to watch them um, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road as there always is in second year, uh, especially with this program, but I'm excited for him and for the guys that have been working really hard. Good deal. Jeff, we've, we've gone over our, our, our allotment, but, uh, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, my friend for, yeah. for being here. And, uh, again, doesn't it feel like we just, we, we were just getting started, but, uh, you got, if, if, if you, uh, 
you get a last minute co- uh, cancellation, call me. Will you pick the topic? We'll go there. I, I would love, love that. That'd be good. Jeff, great to meet you. Uh, has to be a wonderful time in your life as a husband, father, grandfather, mentor, and just enjoying life. So, uh, God, peace and health and a good systems check every morning to you. Thank you. Same. <laughs> All right. That's Jeff Fisher. Thank you, Jeff. Tell Jules okay. we said hi. We'll be in touch. All right. Hi, man. There's a lot of memories there. You know, we didn't even get to touch on the 14, 15 years that you guys sat beside each other as you were the host of the Jeff Fisher show. And, uh, but would he, would he have good memories of that? I mean, you know, that's such a, you guys like are just to trying to, so. you, you're I so would, busy though. Describe that time real quick. Yeah, of, it was, uh, you no, know, it was just a blur, you know, because we did the Sunday night show, a half hour show and. We were on the Titans charter for nine years. And so we would get home the same time we'd play. You know, we, uh, <laughs> I was not part of the team. So <laughs> I hate that when I catch myself saying we, well, you the were. Titan, well, the Titans, yeah. uh, uh, you know, when you get, we, well, the Titans would get home from Pittsburgh at 7 PM. And I was the only sports guy that was at the game that could report back in Nashville. And we had all our segments and then we'd stay there and turn around and put a rundown in for the coach's show. And, um, I loved it. It was, and he was fantastic to work with. There were so many stories, uh, that we didn't get to that. I know people haven't heard. And he, I often told him that I wish the show was the commercial breaks and the commercial breaks were the show because the stories he would tell in the commercial breaks and as we're coming back in my ear, I'd hear 10 seconds, you know, from coming back and like, Jeff, can we use that? No. <laughs> Welcome back. And yeah. I go, it was so good. But he he never wanted to criticize a player uh, publicly. He said, I'll never do that because I need them to play hard for me. And uh, and just let me know what the questions were. And I, I've told this story a lot that, uh, you know, I said, Jeff, the next segment's going to be, you know, Pac-Man's arrested and, uh, and uh, I'm going to push you on it and I'm going to do a follow-up and you're going to answer and you're going to answer with a non-answer. And then I'm going to answer, I'm going to question you one more time because I have to look like I'm, I'm pushing you and you're not going to answer the question. He was the best at answering a question without answering the question. I mean, and I don't mean that to be critical. He was, he was just, he was gifted that way. And he understood the role of the media and having a long leash and a benign sports town. I mean, this was not Cleveland or Philadelphia. You didn't get chewed up, you know? So, um, yeah, I know you have a, a whole laundry list of things that we didn't even touch upon. What would be one question we didn't get to? Uh, I would have asked him what's, I, I'd have gone a little bit more into uh, what's, what, what's your best advice to give as a dad and a grandpa now? Yeah, and I guess we got a little bit of that in what he did. Um, there's a whole nother segment we could have gone through with the Chicago Bears playing days. He does have a Super Bowl ring from that 85 team. And the stories he has yeah. about that cast of characters. Just, he it, can go down the roster and talk about Willie Galt and Steve McMichael and, yeah. and, uh, and, and Leslie Frazier and, and Dave Durison and McMahon and Peyton. You know, the, the day that Peyton Manning uh, Peyton Manning, Walter Payton passed. Uh, it was a Monday and it was a Monday night football. It was 1999. It was the Titans at the Dolphins. Sam Madison had three interceptions. At J- I, Sam Madison's next contract, half of it should have gone to Steve McNair because there were three. But my point is he wore a coach's shirt and he got fined for it and he didn't care. He had 34 sewn on his Titans um uh, coaching shirt that night sure and and you're not allowed to doctor or change a uniform uh you know it, it doesn't make the field if you don't have the shield as they would say and uh he didn't care he just he loved uh, walter was such a big part of his life so yeah there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to he had Can the truth this over because i'm not i kind of think it, i think we didn't get to any the question we brought up here with justin producer justin as well was uh fisher ran back a kickoff had his leg broken by what other famous person now? Yeah, Bill Cower. Bill Cower. Bill Cower took uh, him out. Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, just little things like that. And well, he was playing for the Browns. Yeah, yeah. Cower was playing for the Browns. That's correct. Time. Yeah, and it was on a kickoff. And, he, you know, of course, uh, Cower likes to joke that he helped Jeff get into coaching earlier than he thought he was. <laughs> but uh, well, we're going to take him up on his invitation that yeah. we will have him back. 
And it, he was on Zoom, obviously, if, when you're listening to this, some of that in and out. But uh, he's got a good setup, a good stage of life. And you heard it here. He's coming back as coach in the NF, in the uh, USFL. Yeah, if there's anything we got out of that, I did not. And I didn't know that. I, I, we haven't we haven't talked. He has promised me, not promised, but we've talked about going up to Montana to, to fish. And you, I clearly showed my take fishing your, skills. Yeah, take your I'll pole. Take, take my pole. And your string. And my string. And um, and uh, I guess little minnows, right, take for bait or something. Or do I take more, do I crawl and do I dig and, and get worms after a rainy day in Nashville off the sidewalk? Is that, and just that scream, what I use for bait? scream and cry when you can't get it off the hook. Yeah, he'll help you out. Oh, I'm not baiting my own hook. <laughs> Hell no, I'm not baiting my own hook. No, I'm not doing that. Anyway, Jeff Fisher, <laughs> uh, kind enough to join us here on the second cup of Joe. And John, it's the second cup of Joe and John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, John at gmail.com. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John. <laughs> 